are listening to the Glen Abbey podcast. My name is Chris Cook and in today's conversation I'll be talking with Janet Burnside, Helen Dunn, Heather McCartney and Keith Jackson about Glen Abbey's work in supporting refugees and asylum seekers. Well, welcome to episode two of the Glen Abbey podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by not one person like last week, but four Glen Abbey members as guests. We've got Janet Burnside, Helen Dunn, Heather McCartney and Keith Jackson. And if you're wondering what the common denominator is between these four people, it is their involvement in Glen Abbey's work in supporting refugees and asylum seekers in our local area. And that is going to be the focus of our conversation in this episode. We get so little time to talk on a Sunday morning even on a Sunday evening too, uh, about some of this stuff in any sort of depth. So we thought this would be a great way of hearing more about what is happening in this area of Glen Abbey's ministry. So, Janet, Helen, Heather, Keith, welcome to our little studio upstairs in the house. Uh, before we get into our conversation this afternoon, let me just go around each of you and ask you for a response to this introductory question that I'm going to be asking uh, every person who's up in this room over the next few weeks. You c I've given you a choice to make things easier. So I want you to tell me either a recent book, a recent film, a recent podcast that you have enjoyed, or if you want to do something different, you can tell us about a recent Google search you've made. Uh, be careful with that one. But Keith, let's begin with you. What about, uh, how would you respond to, to that? Okay, um, put this in slightly in context. So 2019-20, uh, I was sick for a period, uh, consigned to bed, bit of an extended recovery period, but uh, I got lent Dominion by a very good friend. Uh, and uh, so Dominion's a book by uh, Tom Holland, um, and it sort of charts and chronicles the history of Christianity. Uh, to be totally honest, I was thoroughly defeated by it. So I think I nearly got halfway through. Uh, but what it did give me was, I uh, suppose, an interest in the guy, Tom Holland, I thought he's an interesting chap. Uh, so uh, there is a podcast called The Rest is History, uh, which is a particular favourite of mine. So it's Tom Holland, Dominic Sandbrook. Uh, and to be honest, I think I'm becoming a history geek. Well, I'm there with you because you know okay. that I listen to the same one. <laughs> so uh, what episode are you on at the minute? I was listening to The Night of the Long Knives this week about the Nazi Germany. Yeah, so. I, think, I think there's a few of them there. So I've been saving those up uh, to, to, to have a bit of a go at it. So I suppose ones I've really enjoyed recently. So um, very poor his, Irish history. Uh, so there was a complete series on Irish history, I would say, over I think it was either somewhere between four and six weeks. Uh, and I would have to say that was great. And I feel much better educated uh, than I was before. Oh, no. The best bit about those are their attempts at the accents of all of the historical characters. Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely. The the beginning of episodes, I so can no. assure you I'll not try any <laughs> accents as far as okay. this is concerned Fair now. Enough. So. Fair enough. Heather, what about you? Any what, book, podcast, film? What have you got? Well, mine's not just as exciting as yours, Keith, and I'm definitely not a history geek. Mine has been the January, let, let's be a bit more healthy this year. So mine has been lots of Googling healthy recipes and different things for us to eat in our house. Um, so that's the excitement of my Google search um, over this past few weeks. Brilliant. It is the 31st of January, so does yes, that stop I know. tomorrow? Back to normal, back okay. to the bars of chocolate okay. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, what about you? So um, the book I'm reading at the minute is called How to Be Unsuccessful, um, <laughs> An Unlikely Guide to Human Flourishing. It is indeed a Christian book um, written by a guy called Pete Portal. Um, and he talks about his work in South Africa with addicts in one of the townships. And I find it really, really interesting and challenging. Fantastic. 
maybe try and put that in the, the notes in the email or whatever if there's a the book there that could be interesting great and Janet what about you um, I'm not quite sure whether to go for something intelligent or something very stupid. So I could tell you about a book I'm reading at the minute, which is called My Fourth Time We Joined, um, which is a really interesting book looking at refugee routes through North Africa, um, which is a wee bit intelligent, but someone recommended it recently. And it's it's really interesting, if a little bit deep and intelligent about the Libyan politics for me. Um, on a lesser note, if you're going Google searches, it's what bin goes down the lane this week, because when you live in the country and have a long lane, there's nothing more distressing than taking the wrong bin down. So. Okay. Brown bin or blue bin or yeah. black bin? Oh, it was both brown and black this week. Okay, very good, very good. Okay, that's great to hear some of those, super. Uh, so yes, if I was responding, Restless History is definitely one um, uh, that I've been listening to. Another another podcast that I've been listening to is one called Post-Christianity by Andrew Wilson. Yeah. And Glenn Scrivener is another great one. Um, if, you're, if you're looking for podcasts, uh, they'd be good ones to listen to. Okay, let's get into our conversation then about uh, about Glen Abbey's support of, of refugees in our local area. Keith, we're going to start with you um, and maybe just focus in on you and your role uh, to begin with. Maybe just introduce yourself to, to people who might not be able to put a face to them, which is unlikely, but maybe just in case. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, okay, my name's Keith. Um, I'm part of the eldership team here at Glenabbey Church. Um, and since 2020, I have been on the uh, the staff team as well. Uh, so one of my areas of both interest, service, I suppose passion and responsibility um, is in the area of sort of connecting Glenabbey Church with the community. Um, so that's kind of, I suppose, my, my, my own involvement and role probably the thinking at least goes back probably around about five years um, and that was a decision at elders to prioritize our core value that is community and I suppose that had implications then as to as to what we needed to do as a church um, and I think probably as an eldership team we realized that we needed to invest both time and finance um, in this particular area and also a human resource um, like a staff resource and that staff resource um, I suppose turned out to be me on a, on a part-time basis. So um, very much as a church, we've been seeing God's leading. Um, and I suppose what we came up with was the idea of just trying to do things slightly differently. Um, much smaller teams, uh, much more delegated responsibility, just a prioritization of partnerships and working alongside other organizations and also churches in our area. Um, and I would have to say we now have the opportunity to partner and be involved in the local community together and it's just been fabulous to see. Yeah, in a way that we have never before. Things have really changed in so many ways in the last what three, four years, certainly certainly since since COVID anyway. Um we could talk about so much in terms of community. And we could be here for hours upon hours, which we don't want to be. So we need to we need to sort of narrow our focus a little bit. And that's the as I've mentioned already, the focus of today is is on that specific support of of refugees and asylum seekers in our local area. Maybe you want to just uh, just highlight the the key ways that we're that we're doing that at the moment. Okay, well, look, maybe just, I suppose, a little bit of a, I suppose, slightly by way of introduction. Mm -hmm. um, just if we, I suppose, if we look at our Glen Abbey core value, just to start at Glen Abbey, you know, we're committed to live out the gospel through active in, uh, engagement in our local communities. And we find that, I suppose, the mandates of that are, 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 are clear from, uh, from God's word. 1 Timothy 6, we find, you know, command the church to, to do good, to be rich in good deeds and generous uh, and 
unwilling to share. And I think we realise as well that we're all part of that journey. We all play a little part of that journey. Um, and uh, the, the, the folks that we see, that we get to be alongside, um, and maybe just one other little bit, sort of for, from 1 Corinthians um, 3, verse 6, you know, Paul talking to the church says, you know, he planted a seed, Apollo, uh, Apollos watered it, um, but it was God ultimately that made that seed grow. And we are called to be salt and light in the communities in which we uh, in, in which we live. So I think like an outworking of that very definitely has been in the area of uh, of supporting um, refugees. I do honestly believe um, that God is changing us um, as church um, and changing us as individuals. Um, and I'm excited. I'm very excited, I would have to say, just to see his leading, to see the direction uh, in which he's taken us. Um, so God definitely is working in our church. Um, he is very definitely working in the lives of the members of our church. And we'll have some of the people um, in the uh, in the room today um, for whom I, I, I give a lot lot of thanks for, for the vision that God's put on their hearts. Um, I suppose to see things I didn't see, being brutally honest, um, and to give opportunities um, that we can, um, before God, just be be involved in. So my lens personally, I suppose, changed with the, the war in Ukraine back in 2022. Um, we saw a huge desire within church to help um, those, those families, those people who were going to come um, to host and to help and host groups got involved in that and all sorts of things happened. But I suppose that raised the question for me of what else? So there was a piece then basically around, look, let's, I suppose, take a look out. One of the things we noticed very quickly, there's a local hotel um, housing refugee men, basically literally from across the globe, and it's less than a mile from us. Um, and some folks started, I suppose, to meet, to pray, to share information, to think about just, you know, what way is God maybe going to lead us into? Um, and I think where that has brought us to, um, I suppose, principally is sort of like three areas. So I'm just going to mention them. No detail. Other people in the room, basically, that can cover that. Um, so just some of the things that have that have been happening and maybe the place to start for me um, just would be in relation to the English Conversation Cafe, um, where both Heather and, and Janet are very actively uh, involved. Um, we have a, a partnership with, uh, with Welcome Churches. We've become a Welcome Church and, and Helen can speak about how that has worked out for us, um, basically as Glenabbey Church. And uh, I suppose a, 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 a simple way as well is like a men's walking group, something as simple as taking some folks basically out into green spaces. So I'm a very poor substitute for Richard McBride, uh, who can't be with us today. So I'll maybe tell you a tiny bit about that a little bit later on. Brilliant. Great. That gives us a really good summary, a good overview to begin with. Uh, and maybe we'll now dig down into the detail of some of these things a little bit more. So, Heather, Janet, you are here as a, I suppose, a duo this afternoon to talk a little bit about Conversation Cafe and to explain uh, that to us. Heather, before uh, you do that, maybe again, just to briefly introduce yourself um, and, and again, for people who might not know you. Yeah, so I'm Heather, um, and, I, and I guess on our heart, you know, even before this all started, Keith, I remember having a conversation with you, you know, about just how can we reach out, and we did talk about the potential of English classes and running those, but I think n none of us felt that we were equipped to do that or to have the qualifications to take that on. And as Keith said, really, you know, the hunger was there during the time of the Ukraine 
crisis um, and then with the guys in the hotel and we just I think that accelerated everything that we just felt like we want to provide a space for them to come and to be together and be part of a community um, like for example the Ukrainian families who have been displaced and have come here to live uh, and just to have that sense of sharing what's been going on in their lives as well as showing them God's love as well as providing that practical help of well what can we do to help these people and one of the big ways was to help them with their English but we didn't really quite know how that was going to work um, and then I was at well I actually was up at New Horizon at a seminar on, on refugee response that year and, and I heard someone talking about a conversation cafe and to me, it just summed up exactly what we were aiming to do, and that was to bring people together. And, and yet it was just taking normal folk who just wanted to sit down and have a cup of coffee and build a relationship and just to help them with whatever level of English they had. So I came back and we had a bit of a chat together um, with Keith and the leadership team and just decided, look, let's see if people are up for helping. Um, and we were delighted with the response. And as Keith has said, there was a real appetite for, for folk to want to help and to be part of this. So we were delighted when a team got together and we, I still remember the board meeting upstairs whenever we, we just talked about, right, here's what it could look like. No one might come. We don't know if this will work or not or if this is something that um, we're meant to do, but we prayed about it. And I mean, every single one in the room said, let's just give it a go and let's see what happens. Um, and so here we are two years on um, and we're in our second year. And it, you know, I don't think we could have anticipated the opportunities and just how, how many different ways we've been able to build those relationships and and hopefully show God's love in, in different ways. Brilliant. Janet, do you, have you been involved in this since the start? Not since the start, since but the start. for a while. Okay, so you've been involved in this for a while. Tell us then about your involvement. Tell us about why you wanted to get involved, why this is important to you. And then maybe also tell us for people who can't even imagine what this looks like, try and set the scene, I suppose, in terms of when's this on, where is it, what what's going on. Uh, uh, could you just maybe talk into some of that and I'll keep you on track. <laughs> so um, why am I involved? I have wanted to be involved with something like this for ages and particularly Keith talked about the Ukrainian situation. You'll remember probably some of you, the pictures of a baby on a beach um, lifted by a policeman. That's, that's the point that really I remember it clicking. Um, in terms of how much need there was and how much need there was here. Um, and it's something I looked into different things to be involved and never find anything that worked while juggling with having kids and having a job. And then I heard Heather talking about it um, at one, the refugee information evening when the Ukraine stuff was happening and thought, isn't it amazing? Something that might come in our church. And I normally get a bit stressed and anxious about things when I don't know what I'm doing. And I remember driving along here the first Wednesday afternoon and said I'd come and see what it was like and thinking, this is really weird. I don't feel... I'm anxious about this. I feel like this is a, a good place to be coming. I felt like God was in it. Um, and certainly that's been my experience. When you come in, um, as we were saying earlier, nobody really knows who's coming on a Wednesday afternoon. So we tend to know if there's volunteers who can't make it, but you never quite know exactly who's going to be there from our point of view or indeed who's going to come along. So some, lots of folk come from the welcome families that we're involved with. And so somebody's given them a lift. But the folk from the hotel, I mean, someone goes to the hotel and we see who's there and it might be somebody we've met before and it might be somebody we haven't. And we end up with the foyer then. We've got tables out in the foyer 
and we end up with people sitting around and the hatch is up and there's tea and coffee and food as people come in. Um, and then people basically just gravitate towards the table and a volunteer gravitates towards them. And it might be someone who's been with that person for many weeks in a row and kind of can work through what they've been doing and pick up from where they were last week. It might be someone from a hotel that nobody's met before who's making art with um, salt or sugar on a piece of paper on the table as there was this afternoon and just an opportunity to interact and um, have conversations which may be based around working through an English workbook and making progress in their English or might just be socialising people and letting them feel welcome. My first week here I played um, Jenga with a civil engineer from Kuwait who spoke better English than me, but le- worse Northern <laughs> Irish, but better English, um, and an engineer from Sudan who spoke really good English, you know, so it's just about that social side of things too. Um, and so, and we have tables in the corner where kids are doing crafts with someone or generally going a bit mad and playing in the corner because lots of families obviously have their kids with them. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's described it very well. Heather can interject if there's oh, something yeah. I've forgotten yeah. to say. So that's <laughs> been a very good <laughs> summer. Great. I've got a picture, mm-hmm. definitely, and that, that, it definitely fits that well. In terms, Helen, maybe, talking there about showing God's love, or Heather, sorry, I'm still with Heather, still with Heather, in terms of showing God's love, um, and uh, but I know that you have been able to do some stuff at Christmas as well, even in terms of sharing gifts and, and being able to do the odd talk and things like that. Do you maybe want to mention some of that stuff and how that's gone? Yeah, so I suppose we've talked at our at our meetings about how we become more intentional about sharing our faith because really in reality, you know, these folk are coming in and yes, they're getting a nice welcome and, and a cup of tea, but it's how do you move to that next stage? So what we, what we do at Christmas, what we've done at Christmas and Easter time is to, to get them all together and we have... A translation app so someone will stand at the front and give so at Christmas there we had a presentation on what does Christmas look like in Northern Ireland and then that leads on to why do Christians celebrate Christmas and you know this is what we believe and then we took them through the Christmas story um, and then at Christmas time they all went home with nice presents and there was there was a book in their language which for most of them was the Gospel of John or a message about Christmas so you just hope that in some way they're looking at you and thinking why do these people do what they're doing and that then that seed is planted you know as Keith has talked about you know where that li- we're just that link in the chain that hopefully especially for the guys who move on and it's such a, tra- a transient group that they'll move on to another and, and we put them in contact with another church and you just hope that then they will pick up um, where we left off and that, that they will just begin to see love there that um, that they want to be part of. Brilliant. Keith, Helen, is there anything you want to add on that? Because actually both of you are engaged with this, with this thing too. Is there anything else you want to mention that before we move on? No, 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 not really. really. I think, I think, well, I think some of some of the conversations just have been, you know, great, and other ones have been sort of slightly hilarious. So, um, you know, I'll um, I've been picking some of the guys up from the hotel. Basically, and I think I've probably I've mentioned this, I'm sure, to some folks before. But basically, just on on the on the way back, you know, you're 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 driving your car, and you have a couple of guys from um, sort of Eritrea and Sudan on the back, and you have a, a man from the Yemen on the front. Um, you know, and uh, I suppose I've got to know him over a couple of weeks. And we're driving past Ballycraigy Congregational Church, and there's a massive sign advertising, you know, Girls Brigade. Um, and, you know, Sammy in the front of the car goes, what is Girls Brigade? <laughs> and I'm thinking, 
how do you explain this and make it not sound like a paramilitary organization? <laughs> you know, um, so, you know, we get great opportunities. Yeah. And I suppose even for my own. So, look, I have no expertise in relation to uh, uh, English whatsoever at all. Um, I can barely master the language uh, and speak it properly myself. Um, but uh, we did go down and I think Heather and I had both gone down maybe to the same. There was training that was um, organized down in Belfast one night. And I thought, I'm going to, you know, I, I probably definitely went under duress now um, Heather is a, is a teacher so she has that background I'm not sure you said that actually whenever you uh, you, you did your introduction um, but you know I'm thinking out of my depth as soon as you go in sat around a table with probably about six or seven other people and I, I was going to be the last the way it worked out anyway it was a person to my right and they were going the other way so I knew it was going to be last to go and everybody around my table basically was teaching English properly. They were talking about, you know, past participles and books that they were using and all the rest of it. And I'm sitting going inside my own head going, I play games with these guys and haven't actually done any teaching of any description yet. Uh, so I must admit, it was sort of as it came around, you know, and it was kind of, it was getting closer and closer. And I thought, look, I'm just going to have to call it straight here anyway. I said, you know, look, this is what we're doing. It's Conversation Cafe. The only thing I do is play games with guys or whatever. And one of the ladies who I had worked out was obviously knew what she was talking about and she goes that's brilliant and she even well, I, I've forgotten the name of it she says that's a certain sort of education and it even had a name to it so all of a sudden I went in probably feeling about six inches tall and I came out you know feeling at least one or two foot tall anyway afterwards so she's very kind so, to you she was very, very nice and kind to me. But I think, to be honest, I mean, I suppose the point I'm making is that, you know, we all have something to offer, you know. So please don't get hung up, you know, if you, if anybody's sitting thinking, I've got time, but I don't have the expertise. This isn't an area that requires expertise. I am testament to it. And me too, yes. <laughs> Good stuff. And Good that's stuff. why I didn't say I was a teacher, because it doesn't make <laughs> any difference to my grammar lessons. Yeah. Okay, let's move on then. We need to keep things moving. And Helen, you've had to sit quite quietly so far. Uh, before I start to talk to you about Welcome Plus and Welcome Churches, maybe give me a little bit of your background, uh, your, your professional background, and then again, your heart for, for this sort of work. Sure. Okay. Um, so I'm a retired social worker. Um, I was involved in both the statutory, voluntary and community sector over 40 odd years um, so connecting with organisations I suppose is something that I've been doing a lot of over the last 20 years and I suppose it's been fantastic to be able to use that knowledge um, to be able to develop some of the work that we've been doing through the work with refugees and asylum seekers um, in regards, with regards to my heart for it I suppose you know um, I suppose there's a biblical imperative to love the stranger. I think, to be fair, that has come very easily to all of us because um, when we've met people, when we've heard their stories, when we've shared their lives, um, not only have we felt compassion for them, but I would say our lives have been enriched by getting to know them. Um, and hopefully we've been able to provide some kind of loving support and I suppose going back to the cafe, I think that's what people will find when they come here, that they're embraced by all of the volunteers who have a real concern, love for them and want to help them in whatever small ways um, we possibly can. So I suppose that's 
I hope that answers your question. Uh, it definitely Chris. does. Thank you for that. Okay, let's talk then a little bit mm. about Welcome Churches, Welcome Plus. Sure. If, if somebody's listening to this and they have no idea what we're talking about here, okay. can you maybe just give a little bit of an insight into what that is and then Glen Abbey's involvement in that? Sure. So Welcome Churches, is, as I think um, Keith said at the beginning, is a network um, um, across the UK. And there are, I think, in the region of about 60 churches now across Northern Ireland who are involved. But there are also others who, who do the same kinds of things that we do that aren't within that network. But the network um, helps us to get referrals, to manage those referrals, to pass people on if they're moved to another area. Um, and we have been able to do that as well. So within that network, then, we are a Welcome Plus Church. Um, and one of the things that we do as part of that is a project called Welcome Boxes. So we have a team of, I think, around 14 volunteers now. Um, so when we get a referral, I allocate that to uh, couples, usually. Uh, two people go together um, and they visit the family who are aware that someone will be calling with them, have been happy to receive um, our support. And so basically we take a little box of um, just simple things, which is usually uh, is toothbrushes, toothpaste, you know, personal items like that, hats, scarves, gloves, if there are children, little colouring books, pencils, a notebook, just practical small little things, um, just that might help to get them started, a map of our area, um, where the key services are, that kind of thing. Um, and then we just basically introduce ourselves, get to know them, explain where we're from, and um, ask them if there's any way in which we can help them. Um, and that, I suppose, um, has led us all down all sorts of different paths. Um, so that might be helping people to find um, the local school, the health centre, to get registered with those. Um, some people will need help from the food bank or the storehouse. Um, others will want to come along. And it's, it's fantastic to have that sort of joined up approach of having both the walking group and the cafe and things that we as well can signpost people to or bring them along to, which is I think works most effectively. Um, and also because of our network of local churches now that we're involved in, um, we can signpost people to other English classes that are happening or other activities that they might want to take their children um, along to. Um, I mean, I suppose as well, we've also been able to develop um, relationships with the local council, with employers in the area, and we've been able to help and support people to actually get jobs. Um, and we've been, you know, uh, just using whatever resources we can find, um, both across the voluntary community sector, statutory agencies, um, and also have to say that within the church itself, you know, we're in the fortunate position we have a big church and people have loads of expertise in all sorts of areas. So um, we're always kind of thinking, oh, there's somebody who needs help with whatever that might be. Um, we can connect them in. Yeah. So that might be advice around, you know, uh, babies or uh, such as health visiting. It might be someone needs advice around dental treatment or um, just you know anything that comes up we can usually think well we know somebody who knows or somebody who might know somebody who knows something so I think it's just it's like a, just joining the dots a lot of the time and trying to connect people in with someone um, who can help them and, and I suppose um, for all of us that are involved in in this level of support we just we try to build trust we try we build relationships and whatever pressures people feel under such as Heather and I yesterday for example we're supporting a girl at court who had um 
who had an appeal for her refugee status just to go along to support her, whatever the outcome might be, and just to be there for her. Those kind of practical things, I think, are so important to us and I know were very beneficial to her. Um, so it's just every, I suppose for me, every family, every individual that comes along presents different challenges. So all the time um, we are learning, we're connecting with people and we're trying to show the love of God, basically, um, and trying to pour that into people's lives. Fantastic. And these aren't usually straightforward stories. No. I'm sure they're not. No, they're, no. They're com- and just listening to you and thinking about even those simple things that people are looking for, how isolated they must feel when they're when they're placed in an area or placed in a home. And I know that, that recently a lot of those stories haven't been easy. Is there no. anything maybe you yeah. can say about that? Or? So, so well, well, people have come here from various places. Um, some people have come under schemes like the Ukrainians from Afghanistan or from Syria. Um, people are placed in local areas where not everyone is going to be welcoming. There are challenges, obviously, around housing and people being on housing lists and then people from other countries maybe being um, moving into their area. So, again, those are big challenges for local communities and I think we need to build bridges with them as well, um, but also in supporting people to know and understand what's happening and to reassure them. And I suppose, I mean... For us, I suppose we have to be countercultural in all of this, and we have to be prepared to to say how we feel about refugees and asylum seekers, and and what God says about what God's word says about that, and um, and those things aren't always easy. Um, but I, I think it's imperative that those are the kinds of um, issues that we engage with. Thank you. Anything anybody else wants to add, Keith? Anything at all you want to add to what Helen said there? Because I know you've been involved in that as well. Um, well, yes. I mean, there's um, you know with with a number of people involved in the work. Um, I think just maybe even just from you know I suppose observations around Helen, you know that, that she very definitely has been you know both a both a silent you know driver from behind the scenes but also very much to the fore you know and so so in uh, yeah in, in in our area to be honest there's a lot of people who now know Helen and <laughs> if anything needs fixed people know that they need to get in contact with okay. Helen. Helen so is the fixer, so in so in that sense yeah I mean she she has been fabulous for us and I think sometimes you just look at the wealth of you know so um, for this work you know there's no doubt God was preparing her for years upon years upon years with unemployment because a lot of the connections you know that were there are ultimately there for us now to be used um, within this work so look that's it's just She's not going to forgive me for that, no, to be fair, not. anyway. However, but I think it, it, it's, it's, you know, it has been great. And I think from a church level, it gives us confidence. You know, we have a, a Helen and a Heather and a Janet and, you know, just all people who are bringing, you know, very definite skill set and a genuine love for people um, actually within this within this sphere. Um, and just maybe a couple of things as well, just around sort of having confidence. So, like, I mean, if anybody brings somebody for whom English is not a first language now, even one little change with church has been in relation to a translation app that's now available. So, you know, we've got Johnny down one end of the table here, you know, who's been able to put sort of technological fixes in place, you know, and it's been great. So there's like a little card, there's a QR code, and there's a way basically of getting into that. Um, so Although I've got to say, I've seen some of the translations of my talks, yeah. and, and <laughs> the, sometimes the words that pop up are definitely not the words that I'm saying, put it that way. But. 
Yeah, well, I think even if we're if we're getting the general gist yes, anyway, exactly. you know, and it's it's certainly it's They're more, probably it's, it's, more it's, than a lot of other people. I, th- I think it, I think it's probably more helpful if uh, helpful Phil, than 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 not. Um, maybe just I'm gonna I'm gonna refer one little bit back just to ask about just ask Helen just to I suppose differentiate some of the stuff that she sees. So people come with come as asylum seekers, yes, and then may or may not gain refugee status. Could you maybe just tell us a little bit about how maybe that works for okay. folks? Yeah, so um, there are refugees who have come here under particular schemes um, from Afghanistan, Syria, Hong Kong and Ukraine. Um, But others have come here from other countries and they are here as asylum seekers. Um, Refugees who have that status can work. um, They can claim benefits um, and um, they'll be supported by government agencies. Those who've come here as asylum seekers are, are usually in hotels when they start and they're not able to work, but they can volunteer. And again, for some, we've been able to find volunteering opportunities. Um, after, Obviously, when they come here, then they apply for their um, refugee status. Um, and that's obviously follows a whole kind of um, application to the Home Office, etc., um, and then a decision will be taken as to whether they meet the criteria um, for refugee status. Um, once they have, if they have their status, then they um, are usually given 28 days to vacate wherever they're living, which by that stage is usually in what's known as dispersal accommodation. Um, so there, there, there's different pressures at different stages um, of the whole process. And as I outlined earlier, not everyone is successful um, and some people have to uh, appeal their, the decision and may re- return to their home country if it's deemed to be safe by the Home Office. Okay, thank you. That's really, really helpful. That's good. Thank you. Let's move on then to, we've had two elements. We've had a conversation cafe. We've had Welcome Churches, Welcome Plus. Um, and Keith, you're here to focus on on the little bit that you're involved in on a Monday morning. Tell us a little bit then about the walking group and how that sort of uh, all connects into Okay. Uh, yep. Um, so on a Monday morning, basically, sort of, it's every other week. Um, at the moment, there are a uh, small group of uh, hardened volunteers. Um, so we've now stretched up to uh, to nine nine people volunteer there, um, all men who go over to the uh, Chimney Corner Hotel um, and bring some of the guys that are in there. So Helen has mentioned asylum seekers versus people with refugee status. So the people in that hotel would be asylum seekers. Um, what we became aware, I suppose, was, look, the, uh, certainly in the early stages, now things probably are a little bit better organised now, and they probably have slightly better access to other alternatives and things to do. But while they are well catered for in relation to sort of, you know, getting three meals a day, um, then they probably just are not particularly well catered for and having a range of things to do. Um, and they've effectively something shy of £9 a week is my own understanding certainly still to live on um, so it doesn't give them great options so Richard McBride had mentioned him earlier so Richard basically is part of Glenhobby Sports Ministry team he heads that up um, and his idea was really to use a day off that he has in the week which was a Monday um, and to take some of the guys from the hotel those that wanted to really out into green spaces so uh, so the vision for that really was to try and find runners and people who could do that um, if you look to be honest, if you if you look across our volunteer pool, you know, with the exception of Richard, I am not sure running 
necessarily would be our thing. Okay. Now, uh, you know, maybe maybe one guy to be fair, maybe oh, and, he, and he might even yeah. he might actually even but I'll not mention it by name, but he might also be the oldest person involved. But yes, would definitely be capable of running. So maybe two out of the nine of us. Um, the, the rest of us, I think, would probably be happier well, with a, with a good walk. Um, so effectively, that's what we do. So. Um, and we also have enough volunteers to basically have two teams. So one team goes out once a month uh, and the other team basically goes out the second time. Um, I mean, we've had anything from, you know, very small numbers um, of people up to, I think we've probably had maybe 14, 16 basically guys um, out at a time um, and we'll go to the likes of Ballyboley Forest to walk up around KFL over to Woodburn you know and then we've done a couple of excursions where we've gone slightly further as well so uh, we'll have a, a summer outing um, from and we walked from you know Hollywood basically down to Crawfordsburn and had a bite day down there and that as well uh, say we I, I may actually have been one of the cars that sort of dropped people off into the small walk um, everybody else walked the rest of the way and I think I possibly hopped around uh, to sort of tie them back in to get them back at the end but anyway um, and in addition to that as well actually Richard brings his dog Pip uh, and I bring my dog Barney as well and that actually goes down a treat with people who they've probably had a dog at home who quite like dogs um, or well some people maybe don't like dogs or whatever and they don't get involved but you know generally speaking if the dog even ever has to be in the lead you know there's a bit of a fight as to, as to who gets the opportunity to hold the end of it you know so it's been great and it's been a super opportunity just for us to build relationships. Um, I suppose one of the things that we have seen from when we started to now has been just the acceleration and how quickly people are starting to move on. So at the very beginning, you know, we were able to build like really good relationships with uh, with a few of the men. There were probably, you know, we probably were in contact with them for I mean three, four, five months at any rate. Um, whereas we're, we're almost fortunate basically to have the opportunity of seeing people for three, four or five weeks now and, and for some folks maybe we see them once or twice and I suppose for me that takes us back to, you know, we have the opportunity to give a welcome, you know, we have an opportunity, um, I suppose just to, you know, share our, share our time, share a bit of relationship um, and then ultimately we don't know, you know, that might be the last time, sometimes we don't even know, you know, we see people on a Wednesday they come across to Conversation Cafe, we expect to see them on a Monday and sometimes people move in between um, but we have also and Helen mentions the, the Welcome Churches Network which Helen I, I'm going to ask you I think whenever we got involved in this I mean it was something possibly below 10 or in the teens of churches and even over the short time we've been involved with Welcome Churches it seems to have grown exponentially would that be fair? Yeah no it has grown significantly and they obviously have a uh, a worker in Northern Ireland, Patrick Purdy, um, who's who, who people can contact for more information. I suppose one of the really helpful things about it is that they run online training and support um, and information about a variety of topics. Um, and you can do that from the comfort of your own home. So it, that's really good. Um, and if there's something you need to be updated on or whatever, it's, it's just really useful. And as I said earlier, you know, if as you're saying, Keith, people move on to other places. So if people move to Derry, London, Derry, you know, we can do a referral through to the churches that were near their locality or and that's come the other way to us as well. If people have been in, in hotels, say, in the northwest and they've come to our area, we get a little referral through and it just connects people up and means that there's that support waiting on them, you know, um, when they do move in and they're having to start again, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, and certainly a lot of the the volunteers, the men who you know from from Glen Abbey Church who do go and meet the guys at Chimney Corner Hotel on the Monday. You know, there's a, a bit of consistency then. There's a core group of them. We'll see them again on the on the Wednesday. Of course, you know, yeah. so it's just it's lovely to be able to see those sort of consistent you know consistent uh, uh, opportunities for building relationship along the way. Brilliant. Just strikes me listening. First of all, that I know a lot of the stuff, but I've learned things today as I've been having a conversation. And I suppose as well, just you talk about a walking group and you talk about a conversation cafe. It's all quite simple <laughs> in one yeah, sense. Yeah. It's yes. all quite simple in terms of it's about giving your time, your energy, yourself, um, and 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 just being prepared to sacrifice a little bit of that time for other people in this situation, and just how meaningful that is. Um, it's not complex, complicated programs necessarily um, that this is all about. Uh, great to hear all of that. I suppose if people are listening um, and this is piqued interest, and then they're thinking, well, maybe there is a, a, a potential for me to get involved in some way. Um, where is their need at the minute? Because this has there's a, this has definitely opened up a new avenue for serving in the church. We heard from Jackie Wallace a couple of weeks ago at the front, for example, and just how the the impact being able to get involved in this area of service has had on him. Um, so maybe you want to speak into uh, if people were keen to get involved, where that might be uh, uh, and where there might be specific need at the minute. Helen. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, obviously, we're always looking for um, additional volunteers with the welcome boxes. Um, when we started out, I think the um, um, understanding was that you would be linked to a family or individual for twelve weeks, um, and fifteen months later, some of us are still involved in with the families that we originally started out with, uh, which may say something about us rather than them, maybe. But um, <laughs> it, it, I think just you, you build relationships, you get to know people. Um, they look for you if there's issues crop up or they just they just see you as part of their network of support um, when they're so far removed from their own family, friends. Um, and, and I should say, you know, people are still who are here and they've come from war or they've come from famine or they've come from various conflicts across the world. Um, they're still concerned about their families back home. They're still worried about what's happening to them. And so I would say one of the key characteristics that people need is just to be able to listen and not make judgments and just embrace people. Um, and those are the, for me, those are the really, really important things. Um, but yeah, look, if anybody feels they want to get involved or want to have a conversation or even just, and I don't mean even, or they want to pray for individuals or they want to know a bit more about how they can support those of us who are doing it. Um, um, look, we're always open to, to hear from people and, and see in what way we can connect them. And if you have expertise in anything, we're, we're kind of always looking for, uh, for somebody who might be able to do well, something practical said, even, you know. I think what you said is right there in terms of we, we are a big church. We do have so many people with different areas of professional yes. expertise as well. And even being able to use that yeah. in these small ways and voluntary ways, that yeah. is just such an opportunity. Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking there, you know, you're talking about different roles. You know, I was thinking of Conversation Cafe and we have people who beg for us. We have somebody who looks after the kids. We have taxi drivers. You know, everyone can make a cup of tea, you know, and it's not even just about sitting down if you feel that that's not your area that you're comfortable with. There's just so many roles there and it's really about just being a friend, doesn't it? And, and you really don't need to know anything about teaching English. You don't. Because if they ask you a question about grammar, there'll be somebody in the room who knows the yes. answer about grammar. Yes. But most people don't. They just want a friendly face to practice with. And I was thinking this afternoon, just 
got to know people and people come in and you can now have bits of conversation with them that you couldn't have had a year ago because they didn't have enough work in English and it's nice just being able to make people feel welcome like that and to be able to look back and actually see the progress that has been made that you've been a small part of and I think that for me as well is the consistency like we're here every Wednesday well most of us are able to be here every Wednesday so they know we're going to be here for them if something's happened during the week Wednesday afternoons the place to you know to be there there's going to be somebody welcome and friendly that you've known for a while now. Um, and I think that makes a difference. And it's still useful too for the people who can't be here every week to have extra people who can come and give a hand with the kids and play for a bit or who can help put out teas and coffee, you know, so it's it's having that balance, isn't it? It's good. And I think just for, I mean, you know, significantly for me as well, I think everybody's on a, on a, on a, journey of learning um big style um, so um so you know there is there is help and support you know so i think regardless of any of the situations any of us have found ourselves in you know there's there's always somebody to look to where you can kind of go you know ask maybe uh, you could be a basic question or a more difficult one or you know somebody will have come across something similar before or if not to be honest i mean you know it's a team it's a team effort um and we'll we'll find out the uh, the answer in some sort of shape or form and if we're really 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 stuck we ask helen who <laughs> <laughs> will have to go and ask somebody else usually. <laughs> but it is true that so many of them have come from places in the world they wouldn't otherwise be coming across christians in their day-to-day life and the fact god's brought them to northern ireland they're coming into a church and their experience of church and Christianity is the experience they have of people who make them welcome is a really important thing. If you take the people from Afghanistan, for example, like that's 97%, I think it is, Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is their first experience of, you know. Yeah. And, and they'll come, and, and they'll come and to Christmas our own inadequacies, and, it's us. Yes. You know? yeah. <laughs> so um, if you're praying, pray into those opportunities. Certainly. Yeah. 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 Anything else anybody would like to add? I think we've covered anything like that before we finish things up. No? Oh, good. Listen to Keith, Heather, Helen, Janet. Thank you very much. It was lovely to hear uh, information, yes, but also to hear your, the motivation behind it, your heart behind it as well. So we really appreciate you taking the time out this afternoon uh, to be part of our conversation. So until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.